Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Kevin Kaufman, your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Podcast, the podcast where we bring you weekly business tips and tricks, as well as in-depth interviews with leading minds in real estate and entrepreneurship to help you take your business to the next level. Hey, Next Level Podcast listeners, and this is your host, Kevin Kaufman, back with uh, today, my good friend, Craig Rieger. Craig, how are you doing today, man? Fantastic, Kevin. How are you, buddy? Doing good, man. Hey, uh, Craig, so you are you and I kind of run in the same circles for the last few years. Uh, you run a great real estate business in Portland, uh, and you've been not just Portland, all around Oregon, uh, but you've done a lot of other cool things in real estate. Uh, I love your business uh, just from the fact of how involved you are and and the way it's evolved over time and some of the, some of the stories you've told me through the years. And I thought it'd be cool to kind of talk about some of that today and just kind of share some of the tools and knowledge and things that you've learned along the way in your real estate career. Right on, Kevin. What a great opportunity. Thank you. Absolutely, man. My pleasure. So, uh, and number one, before we get started, dude, I got to say hats off because you did a session for us at the Next Level Agents Live event in Las Vegas recently uh, on growing a team and in like with some very strategic things of how to run and grow your team. And I got so much good feedback uh, on that session because there was a lot of people in there who are trying to do the same thing, right? They're trying to be able to run a sales team and it's, it's hard. It's not for the faint of heart, right? Uh, to be able to grow a big business like that. And so I just wanted to say thank you because I got so much good feedback from your, from your session there. My pleasure. Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, you know, it's most of us going to this industry because we love sales or we love people or we love houses and our natural background isn't <clears throat> hiring correctly, holding people accountable, paying them correctly. Uh, so that, that was a great honor. Thank you. Absolutely, man. My pleasure. So what, let's, let's go backwards a little bit. Tell me about like what year did you get into real estate and what caused you to actually decide to get into this crazy profession? Yeah, I'm sure we all have our crazy roundabout ways we ended up. It was uh, 1997, so I graduated from high school, uh, did not go to college, and I started a roofing company. So during school, I had a single mom, five kids, uh, worked tremendous hours to, to feed us. Uh, yet if I wanted cool things, I had to go and get them myself. So like she took care of us, but if I wanted like the super nice Nikes, uh, I had to go and mow yards. And one of my buddies, his dad owned a roofing company. And so during the summers, I, I would go and roof. And that's where I'd make my extra cash or any cash. And, you know, it's interesting when you're, when you're in the service industry like that or at somebody's house, neighbors come up like, hey, what are you guys doing? How much are you charging? And when the owner came at the end of the day or to check on the job, I'd be like, hey, that guy over there wants to talk to you. And then I'd ask follow-up questions, you know, what, because <clears throat> a week later, where was I? I was on that neighbor's house doing his roof. And you're like, what did you charge? How did that work out? And then one day I just got bold in my late teens and neighbor came up and I walked over and I did the job for $7,000 and he hired us. And so I went to the owner terrified, like, hey, I got you this job. And, uh, and not knowing if he was going to like fire me and he ended up giving me like a $500 bonus. And so shortly after high school, I was like, I can do this. And I started my own roofing company. Uh, and it worked really well. <clears throat> I think by the time I was 21, I had a good 20, 30 employees, multiple vehicles, owned a building. Uh, I was failing miserably early on on the business side because I knew how to roof. And I, you know, similar to what we just talked about growing a team, I didn't understand business. And I had an uncle that moved to Oregon from Texas during the uh, oil crash in, in the mid-90s or early 90s. And he jumped on board, taught me business. Uh, long story short, it wasn't really my, my passion. It was, <laughs> 
on roofs and working in roofing. Uh, yet so much of our business was working with real estate agents, right? You do a home inspection, multiple things come up, roofs are not uncommon. And that was really our bread and butter was working with these agents. And, and I got to know them and a little bit about their industry. And I was also asking them questions. So I sold that company somewhere around age 22. And two months later, I was a licensed real estate agent. Wow, that's crazy. I do honestly, you, you, you mentioned it, like I do always like hearing how people found their way into real estate. It's yeah. very rare, like somebody dreamed of being a realtor growing up, you know, and that was their dream job out of high school or college. It's normally like one thing led to another, an introduction led to it or something like that. Uh, and, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's always fun to hear those stories. So thanks, thanks for sharing that. So you're, so you're at the ripe age of 22 you've now at least like you've got some business experience at least you probably um probably learned some lessons at that point uh my guess yeah uh, lessons really in customer service yeah um so what so what was that like so you get into real estate at the age of 22 like did you hit the ground running like what, what did your career start off like how did you get business <clears throat> were you were you just going to 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 other roofers <laughs> like what were you doing uh, yeah, I was pretty fortunate uh, because I, I, I met up with the right role model. You know, I think if, if we explore my career, it's most of the success I've had has been at different points. I've had role models or coaches that have really helped me go to the next level. So, you know, I remember getting my license and I didn't check my mailbox often because it was filled with bills when I was young. And I checked it one day and like 30 people had sent me letters or postcards saying, hey, you're licensed. Uh, do you want to be in our company? So I picked five or six around my crappy apartment. and. Uh, I ended up going and interviewing and, and there was one guy he had previously been the number one Caldwell banker agent in Oregon and he just opened his own shop <clears throat> and he was a younger younger gentleman uh, with a prospecting background expired for some owners door knocking and all the other places were like hey come here we've got a two-week training course here's your cubicle and this guy just looked me in the eye and he said if you come here I'm going to help you be awesome I'm going to teach you exactly what to do and we're going to kill it. And I signed on with him and, and it, he, he did. I just, you know, I, I, I just literally, my friends were 22. They were not in an economic or even mental position to buy or sell properties by any means. And so I need, and, and I didn't really have that sphere with my family. So I needed to go out and find people uh, that had the ability to buy and sell properties. And I did that early on with a, a lead generation background that, that this first mentor taught me uh, with expired for some owners and door knocking. Wow, that, that's awesome. Like how fortunate for you to, to align your, and not just fortunate, cause it's not like you, that wasn't dumb luck. Like you, it could see, it could sound like dumb luck to somebody, but what I heard is you realized you met someone who could show you the way and, and you latched onto him uh, yep. and said, okay, cool, show me the way. And then you did the work. Uh, what a cool way, like, cause that's like, that's what I call like knuckle dragging and knuckle, knuckle scraping type of ways of getting business right. Like that's the hard that's the hard stuff that most of us don't want to do. So the fact that you kind of started your business around that, um, I think in a lot of ways is probably really fortunate for you. So, so tell me about that. So like, how did that start evolving? Like, did you always stay in that, in that sort of cold call prospecting world? And, and uh, like, what'd your business do after that? No, I hated it. Like I got out of it as soon as possible. <clears throat> you know, that was my foundation. It's just, I had no other means to get in front. I mean, I could hold open houses and there's so many great strategies now on open houses. And back then, at least from this mentor, I was not aware of any. This was 20 years ago. Uh, to me, open houses, I'd sit there and if a football game on, I was happy. And if it wasn't like if people came through, that was great. But it just felt very passive to me where FISBOs and expireds at least they'd raise their hands saying we're thinking about selling our property uh, and, and I 
and could really attack those. Yet, it, similar to roofing, it wasn't my calling, like being on the phones and hammering, you know, six, seven hours a day to get a couple of people saying, come over, whether or not they're motivated, whether or not they want to pay me a commission, whether or not they chose to hire me, like that wasn't where I wanted my business to be long-term, but it was a start and it was a great start. And I ended up being rookie of the year that year. Uh, I think I did uh, like five or six million and the average sales price then was probably 150,000. So I was feeling pretty good about myself, maybe close 25, 30 properties. Um, then my next move was, uh, it was a small company that this gentleman had started and it felt horrible to leave him because he'd been such a, an influence to, to the success I'd had. Yet I was young, I was inexperienced and I was also overcoming name objection right? Because the, the general public didn't know the company's name was his name. And I was overcoming that as a third objection for every living room I stepped into. And I started being recruited by a very uh, well-known, actually the number one brand in Portland at the time, a boutique company called the Hassan Company. And I uh, had an opportunity to go over there, which was awesome because they normally didn't take newer agents. And when I went there, what I found is there was a lot of role models I was able to meet and their business was based on, on uh, database and on building a database and, 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 and being in relationship with the people in their life and, and staying in touch with them through, through a CRM. And I immediately, well, not immediately, I'm a slow learner, but ultimately I started implementing that to my business. And for the vast majority of my career, like the next 10 or 15 years, I never called called again. Dude, that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I love that, uh, that, that the ability to go and kind of learn and adapt that, that you've taken on. So that was, a, that was a boutique company there. How long were you at that company and did you make that your sole focus? Was it just your database while you were there? And, um, you know, what was that experience like at that company? Uh, I was at the company a good maybe 10, 13 years now, looking back on it probably. I think I was there 13 years. Um, it was a, it was like anything else. It was a transition, Kevin, to becoming my sole focus. You know, at first I was, I was what I would describe a typical, uh, high producing agent, or we could say mega agent. Maybe I grew up to be at some point where I just worked really hard. <clears throat> I mean, my, my belief was I'll get out of bed before you and, and, and I'll go to bed later and, and I'll put more hours in between to find buyers and sellers. Uh, so I, I like to say, yeah, I just joined that company. I started a database the next day and, and referrals just flowed to me. And that, that really wasn't the case. In fact, uh, early on at that company, again, I, I always seek role models and mentors and, and I look for the very best in the industry. And at that point, there was a gentleman, he had a really big seven series BMW and he was the number one agent. And I was like, hey, and he was a young guy, fairly young guy. And I was a young guy. I was like, can I take you to lunch? He said, sure. And at lunch, we, we had a conversation like, how are you crushing? And he said, well, you need a database. And uh, I was like, what do you use? He said, top producer. <clears throat> so I think I, I, I scrounged up 800 bucks and I bought a uh, top producer, I think it was 8i at the time. And, and I signed up for it. Well, the, the tragic part is I never turned it on, Kevin. Like typical agents swiped my visa and didn't actually implement. It's like buying web leads and, and not responding to them quickly now, right? That's what I compared to Craig 17 years ago or 15 years ago. Um, ultimately, I convinced my, my wife to, to leave school teaching. She had a master's degree and was making $36,000 a year, and which actually was good income for when Craig didn't sell homes. We needed that. But I convinced her, like, my average commission was 6 k Like, you leave that, and if you can bring 6000 to our business through, through administrative help, uh, sorry, six closings, we're back to even. <clears throat> Anything above that, we're in profit zone. And so she came on board, 
and and immediately started looking at the systems like she was actually a really lousy assistant like she'd never show up and she'd leave early she's a great ceo she's my business partner now she's a coach i i respect her immensely but as an assistant she sucked uh but during the couple hours that she showed up she was like and she also paid her bill she's like what's top producer right we've been paying for this for two years what is it and i was like oh it's a database you know brian butler said it will change our business and uh, she's like, cool, how does it work? I was like, I don't know, I never turned it on. And she's like, you're an idiot. So she ended up uh, uh, putting all of our past closings in the database. We're recently married. Everyone we invited to our wedding, she put in the database. She put in our accountant, our attorney, our doctors, pretty much anyone we, we knew, she put in there and she turned it on and started sending out uh, newsletters and, and, and email touches. And I think that year I went from like 15 to 35 million. Uh, with no, nothing else changing my business by simply reminding the people we knew that uh, that knew us like hey when you think of real estate think of us and that went out like there was no 36 touch back then or 33 touch it was before the MREA just all of a sudden we, we told people hey when you think real estate think of us and these were people that, that cared about us like lo and behold we would send that out and and I would come back to my office phone because that was the phone number on the touches and that little red light would be blinking you're like, whoa, that never blanks. And I would check and it's like I had three or four referrals or past clients saying they want to do something. And it just kind of, a, and I'm smart enough to be like, well, this works. And so then I started adding more people to the database and it just all kind of grew from there over time. That's awesome, man. I, I think that is for you, you're lucky. Like uh, you, you married the person that could, that could help you change your business, right? Um, but it, it's so overlooked. It's so many people, they, when they think, hey, I'm going to go start growing my business because I'm, I'm doing a lot, you know, and I want, I want to do more. They, you, you and I both see them, right? Um, they yeah. go hire a buyer's agent and, or they go, maybe they hire a transaction coordinator, uh, maybe. And it's usually almost always the buyer's agent first. But yeah. the, the thing is, is they don't ever get someone that can come in and think like Anne-Marie thinks, which is like, okay, well, what is this? And what's the system? Because guys like you and I, like, we're not too different. We're just like, kind of like, go, go, go. We know it works and show me the nails and I'm going to go, I'm going to go swing my hammer at it. Uh, and the reality is when you get someone who's really great on the system side, no matter how much they're not suited to be an assistant, if you will, or some of the other things, but that system, like if we could just tweak those little things, like they, they more than pay for themselves and by helping our businesses grow a big, you know, a big amount um, and how lucky for you to find that, uh, you know, literally at home, like that's, that's awesome. And, um, you know, I, bet, I know, I know, cause I know Anne Marie now. Of like I know what an impact she's had and, and what a business partner she's been for you over the years. So how how what a cool thing. Yeah, it was amazing. Buyers agents are messy. And I agree, it's a really common I'd call it a mistake that that agents make. And it makes sense, right? Like where do you feel the most slammed in your day when you're super busy? It's like, yeah, maybe you're up till 10 o'clock making a flyer, turning in paperwork. Uh, but the reason you believe you're up till 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock doing that is because you showed houses for six hours today. And so the pain you want to get off your plate is, well, great, I'll get a buyer's agent or maybe a showing agent. And, and the reason I'll call it a mistake is that they're messy. Right. At the end of the day, the more houses your buyer agent sells, the more messes you have, the more bad home inspections, low appraisals, late closings, lender issues, buyer remorse. Like it's just messy. And, and what I find, if you don't have a really strong administrative person to clean up those messes, then who ends up doing it? Well, you do or I do as the CEO or founder of the company. And so I'm actually when I hire a buyer's agent before admin, I'm now spending 
more of my time working for $20 an hour instead of being uh, uh, that surgeon listing agent working for $1,000 or $2,000 an hour. So yeah, I got really lucky that, that I married the right person who chose to come and work with me and noticed that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And um, what a, like, so likely that I saw, you know, I signed up for this, for this service. So how funny it was top producer and uh, didn't use it for a year or two. Right. Until somebody had to slow me down and ask the question and go, Oh wait, here's a system. Let's put this in play. And uh, I think so many of us in this, in this industry could use a little more of that. Someone slowing us down and asking us those questions because typically what I've found, and I'm curious if this is your thought too, because you've spoken to as many, if not more agents than I have, whether coaching, consulting, teaching, or just hanging out, which is most of what we need to grow our business is actually already inside of it, not outside of it. And in that case, like that's a perfect example of something that was already inside your business. You just didn't realize it. You didn't need to go add this new lever or this new thing, this new system. You actually had stuff in your business already. And I see that theme pop up time and time again. Totally agree. Yeah, it's really good. I haven't heard it said that way. And I, I'm going to steal that because I love it, Kevin. It, it is there. You know, I was coaching a, a young lady from Eugene yesterday that was at a mastermind I was at last week. And I was really impressed. She reached out and was kind of pushing to get some time with myself. And, and I, I dug into her business. And it's like she's lived in Eugene for 11 years. I was like, how many people do you have in your database? 25. And she's pretty outgoing. I was like, are you a hermit? Like in 11 years, you only know 25 people to add your database. Like it's already there. You just actually have to take a few hours, really think about it, go through your cell phone, go through social media. Uh, and I challenge her. I was like, if you're not a hundred by the end of the month, don't ever call me again. And after that, I'm going to push you to go to 250. Like, you know, these people in your community. And now you just have to get them into a central location and remind them on a consistent basis. When you think real estate, think of you. That's awesome, man. I love that. So, okay. So Anne Marie joins the business and he obviously starts to grow. You start to bring in referrals from past clients and sphere of influence, things like that. What happens next? Like, do you start growing a team or like I'm in my head right now, I'm thinking about the timeline of where, where we were in market cycles. I've just been kind of doing the math from what you've told me so far. So like what's happening in your, in your business at that point? after Anne-Marie comes in and you guys realize, oh, hey, there's some other stuff we can do here and it starts to grow. Do you start instantly growing the team after that or? Yeah, we kind of exploded. I mean, well, first thing we did is we had babies. <clears throat> so we were, we we're newly married and uh, Anne-Marie and I, 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 I joked about like her performance in that role and, 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 and I was serious. Like to me, a, a great team member is somebody that shows up at 8 or 9 a.m. and leaves at 5 p.m. and is just committed all day long. Uh, yet, as we discussed, she had this tremendous impact during the few hours a day that she chose to show up as an assistant. <clears throat> so Amory left the business. We had babies. Uh, and now they're, they're almost 16 and, and 13 or 14. And, uh, and I knew like what she'd brought in was, was fantastic. And I started hiring people. So I started hiring assistants. I started hiring buyer's agents. Uh, my team, my company at this point, it was that small independent boutique, really uh, kind of a luxury brand. They were, they were not very favorable or enjoying me growing a team, <clears throat> yet uh, I knew it was a critical part. Uh, the, one of the first things I did after I replaced her with one or two full-time assistants is I started a showing agent model. And, and my thought was like I was kind of the classic 
control freak AJ and I didn't want to give up the clients and I believe the clients would only work with me. <clears throat> and so I, 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 again, I didn't really have mentors in this area. I was just, just going on my own. Uh, and I was like, well, why don't I get somebody and I'll give them 25% of my commission and they can show the property. So I'll do the buyer console, like I'll meet with Kevin and I'll do the buyer console and I'll, I'll explain to them, look, I'm your agent and, and Aubrey's going to show you the property. She's awesome at it. I personally trained her, but I want to be really clear. She's not your agent. I am. And so when you find something you like, I'll go and look at it. If I'm not familiar with it, I'll sit down with you. I'll pull the recent sales. I'll craft the offer. I'll personally uh, present and negotiate the offer on your behalf. And then when we get into contract, Aubrey will go to home inspection with you. And then I'll get a copy of it. I've seen a million of them. And anything that comes up on it, I'll help negotiate that. So in short, you're going to get Aubrey's time and expertise seven days a week is showing you properties. And you're going to get, get my expertise as, as your agent to help you through what I call the surgical parts of the transaction. So that was probably the next big evolution in my business is when I, I had somewhat the, the transactional and assistant and, and, and organizational side in place. When I say somewhat, like I was a really crappy leader and I was hiring the wrong people and I was telling them to do the wrong things. But at the end of the day, we just fought our way through it and it all kind of worked most of the time. And then the next big move is, is uh, I brought on the shilling agent model. Uh, probably before most people knew what showing agents were. Uh, but to me, it just made perfect sense. I wasn't giving up control of the client, but I was getting back all of my time to showing properties. Yeah, that's such a key thing. And so many people who need, who, who think they need a buyer's agent actually could just use the showing <coughs> agent model. Um, we ran that in our company for a number of years and it worked very successfully and, and it can be very successful. It's all about how you set, up, set that up with expectations for the client. Uh, et cetera. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's, that, that is a huge evolution uh, in the business that can re really help it explode. So what, what year is this? So you mentioned like, okay, you're, you're at this boutique. They're not loving that you're growing a big team, uh, but now you're, start, you're starting to get big. I'm hearing showing agents are there. You've got assistants there. Anne Marie, since she's probably at home by now with the kids, which is probably also somewhat in as well. And you're there. So like, you're probably starting to take up a lot of room. Um, does your business just keep growing and, uh, do you eventually go, Hey, I need more, I need new mentors, more mentors. Like what happens next? Uh, yeah, we, we just kind of, it's, it's all the things we're putting in place between the database. And again, we weren't really doing, we're doing zero cold calling or, or prospecting at this time. Uh, I was definitely developing a, a builder's business. So if I was doing any form of lead generation, uh, it was finding builders and finding land for them. And for the most part, we're surviving or thriving off of the database and a builder's business. And, and this is like 2001 through 2006. And the market is just hopping and everything's just going the right direction. Right. Um, markets exploding, my business, my team, the, the referral business, it just, it was a happy time. Uh, and then, and then as we all know, and I know you're in Arizona, like, well then, then all good things must end. And, and it seemed like a, a, a light switch turned off. I remember being in a, in a conference in Florida. I've always, I've always been a really firm believer of getting on a plane or, or getting on something like this these days, a webinar or a podcast and, and being part of something that can make me smarter or more successful tomorrow. And so I was on a plane for, I think it was Star Power, Howard Grant, and I was in Florida. And uh, all these folks in Florida were talking about their market crashing. And I'm like, that'll never happen in Portland, Oregon. We've got Nike, and we've got Intel, we've got the Pacific Northwest. Like, we're bulletproof. And lo and behold, like a, a year later, our market just, just crumbles. 
uh, like, right, just, just like everybody else, just 50% depreciation. And, you know, at one point, I think one out of two houses in the market were a short seller foreclosure, three out of four houses on the market were vacant, like it was just a rough time. And, and I, I remember somewhere in there, I had a ton of new construction, like two or 300 just new construction properties on the market. And it was like a light switch turned off uh, and these were completed properties or units and people just stopped coming through. And it was December 31st, 2007 that I fired like eight people. And I was just like, and it wasn't as much even firing. It was more sacrificial. Like, dude, you need to go and find something else to do because if you're on my admin team, I can't afford to pay you. And if you're on the sales team, there doesn't appear to be any. <laughs> so like, 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 I, I got to stick with this. That's all I know how to do. I'm not going back to roofing, but you go and do something else. And it wasn't a, like a negative firing. Like we all just worked so hard and we weren't able to do anything. Um, and then in 2008, uh, I remembered seeing a 60 Minutes episode from actually Las Vegas in late 2007. And it showed, uh, it showed these realtors renting buses and they're doing foreclosure tours. And, and they, were, they were putting people on buses and they're bringing around and, and touring foreclosures. I was like, well, that's, that's brilliant. Like I need to get ahead of the curve here. And so I jumped on Craigslist and I actually found uh, uh, two or three airport shuttle buses from the Portland airport. Like, you know, the hotel deal where you get on the bus, they put the luggage in the back and they take you to your hotel. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they had 200,000 miles and they're pretty banged up. But it was a bus that would fit 20 people. And I was like, I'm going to buy it. And I had a good buddy that, uh, that did, that did uh, auto body work. And I brought it to him and he took the dings and dents out and he painted it. <clears throat> and then I... I I literally like scrapped together 10,000 bucks. Like I was pretty broke. I was not, I was, I did not learn early in my life to save money in a hot market. And I didn't listen to, to our mentors saying, Hey, all good things end. make sure you put three times more away than you think you need. I thought I was in a good spot. I wasn't, I was stupid. I had like five websites and two house cleaners and fancy cars, like just stupid crap that, that as a young person I spent my money on. So I scraped together 10,000 bucks and I got this bus wrapped and like fully wrapped in, in logos. And it's like through closure tours, short sales, um, discount prices. <laughs> and, and then I sent a picture of the bus to every single news uh, station in Portland. And within a week, every single news station was on that bus touring for closures with me. And the premise was really easy. Like it's now 2008 or 2009 and we'd go and look at a property that was bank owned and the property might be for sale for like 275. And so I'd print the multiple listing of the bank owned property showing it's 275. And then right behind it, <clears throat> I'd have the multiple listing from 2006 when it sold for 520. And so the whole premise is, look, this house three years ago or two and a half years ago, a buyer paid 520 for it, and it's currently on the market at 275. And my guess there's probably some room with the bank to negotiate. And and when 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 it hit the and I had this big budget that I'd made up and I didn't even have the money to pay for it, like I'm gonna do all this advertising and get print out there and media out there, and I didn't need it. As soon as the local papers, the local news, the local radio stations, like every single one of them was on this bus. And I, I was driving it. I had a microphone. I had my one. I, when I fired everybody, I kept one full-time admin slash buyer's agent that had been with me the whole time. And she'd be in the back talking to people. And we'd pull in these properties and we would tour. I mean, what we found is like there'd be like 20 or 30 kind of unique, odd or weird people on the bus. But there was always one or two or three really serious buyers. 
So if I was doing on average two of these tours a week, I was picking up 11, 12, 15, what we would account for call A or B buyers into our business. Plus I got the other like 17 or 20 because remember I have a database background and we wouldn't let them on the bus without getting all their info. So I'd put them into the database. And all of a sudden we're in this horrific market and my business is once again exploding. Dude, first of all, <clears throat> I want to go backwards a little bit. I would love to, like, where did you get the idea to, I'm going to send these pictures to the news outlets? Like, where did that, was that just like a moment of genius? You were, you were taking a shower and that hit you. Did somebody share that with you? Was that, how strategic was that and how, like, you just lucked out? How was, where was that? Most of my business has been luck or has been great mentors. <clears throat> uh, this one came from that, that local boutique uh, what I'd consider to be a higher-end real estate company, higher-end brand, uh, was super frustrated with my busts. Like, they're like, hey, this, this isn't who we are. <clears throat> like, it was an uproar. Like, I got called in the principal's office multiple times, and <laughs> agents that were like my friends that worked in the West Hills were like, that's not who we are. And in the back of my mind, I'm kind of like, screw you. I'm broke, and I also know you're broke as well. So your opinion, not the owner of the company necessarily, but your opinion doesn't matter to me right now. I'm in survival. I'm in thrive mode. And, and essentially, Kevin, to answer your question, it created such a, a splash or controversy just inside my own little company. It was a good company, a couple hundred, it's a great company, but there was such controversy with it. I was like, if this group of people is going this ballistic over it, what's going to happen when Channel 8 sees it? And so it was because of that, that controversy that I immediately said, what would this look like to get on a bigger stage? Good or bad, I want my phone ringing. And so that, that's really what stemmed me to call the news stations. Dude, that, that is awesome. So I, I just, I love that story. I, I love the ability to like, make something happen out of really what seemed like and I know for sure felt like a terrible situation. I mean, I got licensed in 07. Um, so I, while I haven't had uh, the length of a career as you have, I started out in that market yeah. and it was, you know, we did some things that definitely rubbed the traditional people the wrong way. And it helped us like, quite frankly, pay the bills and, and get our start in our case, in my case, get my business started and, and help us start to build something. So I love the fact of how scrappy that is and how against the grain, but really how strategically smart that is in a business sense as well. Thank you. Yeah, it worked out well. There's, I mean, I remember a news station or it was a radio station just tore me apart. They compared it to like ambulance chasing. And I was like, that's one way to look at it. And the other time, like, dude, if you have a foreclosure on your cul-de-sac, like I feel bad for you. Because they're right, even in a nice neighborhood at this point, like the yard is overgrown during our hot summer months in Portland. The yard is scorched. The driveway has weeds. The roof has crap on it. Like it doesn't feel good to pull in your cul-de-sac. And maybe I'm analyst chasing at the same time. I've got a young buyer or family or a relocation person here that's going to move into that property for half of what it sold for three years ago. And guess what? They're going to pull those weeds. They're going to water that yard. They're going to clean the crap off the roof and it's going to improve your neighborhood. That was truly my mindset through it. Dude, that's awesome. That's such a great way to look at things. Um, so how long did that last? Like, you know, I know in Arizona what our cycle was like, but to what happened in Portland, how long did that that foreclosure short sale cycle lasted? Like how long did you keep that bus and were you able to kind of run in that model? Uh, July of 2007 through, in my opinion, January 1st of 2012 was our crash. Okay. There's varying degrees of, of percentage the market was going down, but that was essentially our crash. Um, 
A couple years later, I started being recruited by uh, by uh, Berkshire Hathaway uh, and as well as by Keller Williams. And I was I was getting a little bit disenfranchised with my current company. Um, still a great company, and some of them will probably see this this podcast. And nothing but mad respect for all the people there. Yet, where I was starting to get my business thriving, I was starting to see my my coworkers were they didn't have foreclosure buses, right? They were still in, in pain. And these were my friends in the boom market. And now I'm watching them in, in this bust market and they're literally in pain. I saw people in the office crying at 10 o'clock at night and I just didn't see the support for them. So I started looking outside of that company, what my options were. I ended up joining Keller Williams and I became uh, at the time really great friends with the owner of, of uh, the Berkshire in, in Portland. And they had a uh, organization helping kids in Washington, like hundreds of kids, like super good people. <clears throat> and I gave them the bus to be able to help transport their kids. So two, three years into it, I got rid of the bus, just like Again, like I kind of moved fast and that had run its course and helped me get my business and maybe more importantly, my confidence back on track. And from there, I just kind of kept rolling. I gave the bus away. And, and it, was, it was during that, that pain of the recession that, that I found a new brand, which I'm, I'm at today, which is Keller Williams. That's awesome, man. So, you know, it's funny because one of the things I talk about with agents, and I'm sure you have too, you've spent your fair share of time recruiting, coaching, consulting, training, et cetera is you know some people are just like the grass is greener on the other side like they're always just sort of in that mindset and so, and a lot of times like there's a balance of like no you why don't you just try watering that grass but then there's times where you just truth truthfully either outgrow or you've got a now you've got a different vision or a different movement in your in in your personal business and in your own your own world right your personal economy uh as to where you want to go and what you want to do and sometimes there's better fits and um, it can be hard to say goodbye sometimes, but now I've seen a couple different times in your career where you said, hold on, I, I've got to make a change here because it's going to help me grow as a person. It's going to help my business grow. And, and I've got to kind of take that step and take that leap. And it's not always easy to do yet. You still did it. And my, my hunch is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is, is it was like, this is going to be the thing that helps me grow next, right? It helps me grow into my next opportunity, the next iteration of my business. Exactly why I did it. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. You know, all of a sudden I'm in a room with people like you and Kevin and, and Cody and, and many others that you and I know. And all of a sudden uh, it's like, well, wait, there's, there's folks in this room that, that don't have to get up at six in the morning and go to bed at nine o'clock at night or 10 o'clock and, and they're grinding the streets. So even though I had the team, it was so poorly run. Uh, I was still just busting out 11, 12, 13 hour days. And, and the next evolution was, was hanging out with people like you and learning how to actually run a business, learning how to put an administrative person who's God-given talent is put them in the administrative side of my business and then hold them accountable and set a clear vision. And yeah, that, that was the next big growth phase for me. Well, I'm extremely grateful you did because number one, a uh, couple things we met at, you know, events like you, like you said, you went to the, to the, uh, the star power thing because you're always seeking out higher education and trying to learn and better yourself and learn, learn from others. Um, so we met in scenarios like that within that KW world uh, in opportunities to look, but specifically I'm grateful for And I don't know that I've shared this with you or not before, but September 30th, 2014, you taught in our, in our office in Tempe, Arizona. It's literally a couple hundred feet from, from where I'm sitting right now. You taught your 90 and 90 class. And I'd like to talk about that here in a moment. Um, yeah. But the very next day, due in large part to that class, 
Group 4610, mine and Fred's sales business, started practicing scripts literally the very, the very next day. And it totally changed as an example. One of the things is we had never really done scripts before. In 2014, that year, we had closed a total of, I don't know, 160 houses. So not a little bit, but not a lot either. Um, but only one of those was from a sign call. And we we're probably about 65, 70% listing based then. And the following, like the first script we started was sign calls. And we, we literally went up to 28 closings the next year from sign calls alone. And it was because we started scripts in the fourth quarter of 2014. And like you were a big part of that. So I appreciate you doing that because that's the power of connecting. It's the reason I do this podcast. It's the power of connecting with other people and learning from them and what they're doing in their business. And so I just want to say hats off to you because uh, you've made a big impact in my business and I know a lot of other people's. Uh, so thank you for that. My pleasure. I remember you very clearly sitting in the room and it was intimidating to me because I knew who you were. We, were we, we ran in kind of the same circles, but we weren't quite on the friends basis yet. And I was like, I've got this mega mega agent sitting here. And I was really impressed that you would take, a, it was a full day class that you took a full day out of your busy schedule to be there. And uh, B, I was intimidated. So I'm glad I had an impact. Thank you, Colin. Yeah, no problem. You know what's funny, man? I, um, I, I think... I think you can handle this. So like um, Cody did, so Cody taught bold, Cody Gibson, uh, we both know him and Cody taught bold in Phoenix, not long before that. Like it was probably less than three or four months before that. And I went to that and he did the whole time. He was like, I can't believe you're in the class. I'm like, dude, what the hell do you mean? You can't believe I'm in the class. Like I'm learning. I'm trying to learn from you. Like I need to, I want to learn from people. Like that's not, I don't just say that shit on stage. I, I want to learn because I need, my business is going to grow too. Like I've got goals and the way you show up and my buddy Curtis yesterday was talking about the fact he's going to like two real estate learning events the next two days in a row. And he's not, or the next two weeks in a row, he's not speaking at one of them. And right. I talked to so many agents that they will not show up to an event unless they're speaking. And I think, I always think like, what a big miss. Like you're, you're missing an opportunity to learn from whoever that is on stage or whoever's putting the event on or, whatever room you could find yourself in. I remember you and I went to breakfast that morning too, you, me, and uh, Gubernick, and yeah. the, the, you missed the opportunities for moments like that where right. you could pick up something that could totally change your business. Yeah, I think there's a there's a commonality. Most most top producers are learning based, and there is that group like in lesser speaking. And 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 what I find, and I've been through a, a few ups and downs in my career as well as those, and I, I maybe I've been on that part of it as well. So they're normally ones that end up back in pain like five years later. We shouldn't stop being learning based. Yeah, like it turns out like we should, the thing that got you there might be the thing that helps you keep growing too. So, um, well, cool. So I wanna touch on that if we could, because a lot of people were like, no way, that's stupid. What's 90 and 90? I just remember specifically agents saying, what, what the hell is that? And um, you taught the class, you literally wrote the class 90 and 90. Um, what is that? How did that come about? And like what impact has that had in your business over the years? Yeah, it was another pain point. Like, sounds like pretty much as we go through it, most of my changes have been at pain points. Uh, isn't it interesting that that's what often makes us react or yep. feel our way forward is that uh, I had a team and, and I think one of the interesting things about whether you're, you're an agent or you're a team or a mega agent or a super agent, like you have ups and downs, right? Like find somebody that sells 144 houses a year and I, I will bet 
everything I'll ever make. It's not 12 in January, 12 in February, 12 in March. It doesn't work that way, right? Or find me an agent that sells 16 houses a year and it's not one and a half, right? It's just, it's like it's zero, 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 11. And so we were in kind of one of those, like it wasn't really zeros, but it'd be like three, 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 13. And it's like, that sucks. Like it's super painful. You got this big staff you're paying for and you have these agents showing up all day and they're good people and they work hard. And, and then you bust out three in February. I, just, I don't know about you, but I feel like a loser. And then sure, July comes, and in July we're closing 25 because that's our peak months here in summer. Well, what's happening in July? We actually have sunshine in Portland. Uh, most of us have kids or grandkids. We'd rather do something than work 17 hours a day. And then, and then we do, and then these loyal, amazing people wake back up in February, and between the 10 of us, we're closing four. And it's like, screw that. And so that's, that's really where 90 came from. It was, it was kind of one of those first quarter pissed off, not hitting goals, right? What do you start? You start the year with these big goals. I'm going to do this. I'm going to sell 200, 500, 150 homes. It doesn't matter. It's your goal. And then in most markets in America, like the first quarter, <clears throat> there's less houses that sell than, than, the, than the summer months. And that's just a disheartening way to start the year. So we, we took on a challenge at the point we're listing like four, five, six, seven houses a month uh, as a team. Actually, I was, I was the only listing agent on the team at that point. And we just, we took on a challenge and it was through a coach I had. And what would it look like to list a house a day for the next 90 days? And my initial mindset, Kevin, is, well, that's impossible, right? How do you go from five a month to 30 a month? like physically impossible. At that point, my average commission was up to $10,000. And I was like, well, what if I fail? Right? What if I go from five to 10? I don't hit the magical 30. I take on five more listings. Our market's improving. It's 2012. They'll probably sell. I make an extra for my team $50,000 a month. And that doesn't even include some of those sellers will buy houses from us. Some of those sellers will give us referrals. Some of those sellers will have neighbors that call us and sell my home. So even if I only go from five to 10 and I miss the mark by 20, I still make a minimum of $50,000 more a month for three months, not even counting all the other stuff that could come off of that. What if I knock it out of the park and I go from five to 20, I make an extra $150,000 a month. Well, multiply that by three months, that's $450,000. That solves some problems. So to be honest, I went into it pretty positive. I was going to fail. <laughs> uh, a lot of limiting beliefs yet. Yet I, 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 when my coach, you know, it was my coach that said, Hey, I think you should do this. I think you can pull this off. And in back of my mind, it's like, okay, I'll try it, but I'm going to fail. And I sat the team down and we, we, we talked about what that would look like. And it sucked. I mean, you know, it really sucked what we had to do to get there. It was, it was truly one of the hardest 90 days. Of, it was the hardest 90 days of my career. Uh, and what we did is we went back to my foundation and we started calling expireds. Uh, we started calling old expireds. So this was 2012. So we started calling all the people from 2008 and we had a good news call. Like, Hey, you didn't sell in 2008. The market sucked. You know, it. I know it. You lowered your price four times. You rented it or you gave up. Yes or no. And they're like, yep. Cool. Well, good news. Our market has now improved and I can sell your house for more money than you couldn't get. If I could get you more money today, would you sell your property? And lo and behold, a group of them said yes. And then, of course, I'd call last night's expireds, and, and I would call uh, uh, four sale by owners. Um, we really just went back to my ba 
to back to my foundation from all those years ago when I started. And I had this leg of referrals that would come in waves depending on seasonality. And what I realized during this challenge is that if I'm super, uber dedicated to lead generation, uh, we incorporated circle prospecting, ring, ring. Hey, it's Craig Rieger with Keller Williams Realty. We just sold your neighbor's house in three days with multiple offers. We've got two buyers that missed out on that home. They want to live on your street. Have you thought about selling your home? Like we didn't even know what we were doing, but we were tenacious enough for this goal and fixated on hitting it. We we're hitting the phones five, six, seven hours a day. And, and that first month, our, our goal is 90 listings in 90 days. And the first month, the goal is to get 25. I don't know why I thought 25. Like first month, I'll build momentum. Second month, I'll get 30. Third month, I'll get 35. And I ended up signing 28 listing contracts that first month. Um, <clears throat> it was just super aggressive. It was, it was actually, use the word brilliant earlier. I'm not brilliant. I've had great mentors. I've gotten lucky. I've made more mistakes than I have had successes. But the one brilliant part of it is as real estate agents, we have a million jobs, right? <clears throat> we are a marriage counselor. We are a babysitter. We are a home inspector. We are a negotiator. We are probably like, we have a million jobs. And during this challenge for 90 days of my career, I had one job. All of those things still happen, right? In fact, they happened at a much higher level than ever before because I had more business, but I was able to put that in the backseat, let it burn a little bit. I had one job. If I went to bed that night and I took one listing, I went to bed as a winner. And if I didn't take one listing that day, because it wasn't 90 listings in the days I worked, it was 90 listings in 90 days. When I went to bed that night, if I didn't take a listing, I literally would stare at the ceiling and I would think about what do I need to do tomorrow to take two? Wow. And that's what made it so incredible or brilliant or simple or easy or whatever you want to call it was that I only had to win. If I had to drive three hours away from Portland to find one idiot stupid enough to hire me, I still got to drive back as a winner that day. And you see, before the challenge, I wouldn't have done that. It's like, oh, I'm not going to the Oregon coast. That's true. Screw it. I need to get a listing to it. That guy raised his hand. I'm going to the coast. Like whatever it took, I won. That's awesome, dude. I, lo I love hearing that. And I believe you had that success because you made it so simple and you made it so singularly focused that you were able to just do that one most important thing. And then once you got really good at doing that, it made everything else happen. One of, one of the other things too, like this may or may not be true in my mind though. Like I remember you on stage in mega camp that year telling the story. And then of course going and teaching it uh, in market centers and in other places around the country. Um, is I always say like, dude, like Rieger made cold calling sexy again. Like I felt like your story, this guy who's been on top of the world and then went, damn, I got problems in my business. I got to fix it. Well, how could I fix it? Well, 90 listings would fix it to, okay, great. I'm just going to focus on that. Like you gave everybody else permission, especially honestly, some of the bigger teams, you gave some of these bigger teams permission to go, I need to do some shit differently. And I need to get real serious about taking listings. I mean, I'll never forget. Uh, at the time, I was I was really close with Brian Gubernick, and he called me one day, uh, and he goes, "I got a rigor in my business." I go, "What the hell does that mean?" And he goes, uh, "We got to go to this. We got to go to this calling model. Like, we got to start taking a listing a day." And he laid out this whole plan for me, and I'll never forget. He referred to it as rigoring his business because that was what it was going to take for him to get his business on track. And I know I had my moment thinking about you with the way you taught and. Um, dude, you had a big impact to a lot of people. And like, I always, I've always said like Craig made it sexy again for people to kind of get on the phone and do those unsexy tasks in our industry. That is, especially as we had gone through that big run up and then foreclosures and REOs right after where 
quite frankly, there wasn't a lot of lead gen involved in that, right? For right. short sales, we just knew more than everybody else. For REOs, you just knew the right people. I, you knew how to get those. And before that, it was a great market. Uh, and so you actually made it like the basics really, really important again and said it's okay to do that. And everybody else kind of followed suit, at least in our, at least in our company at the time, which was Keller Williams, where, where we were together. And so, um, dude, I think that's awesome that there's so much, so many lessons to learn there. Like you could just go from failure to, okay, how do I fix this? And that's usually how businesses and lives improve. Yeah, to be solution based. Like, what what do I have to do to go back to where I want to be? Yeah, it's, it's fixating on on losing, which losing sucks, and <laughs> you get caught up in it. And it's it's that mental switch of what what can I do different? What can I bring to the table? How can I change myself? Uh, sometimes it's even just that relationship. Of where do I need to be that will help me go where I need to go? Absolutely. Well, dude, we, we're so we're winding down. We got about six seven minutes left. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, I feel like we could probably do, geez, another hour or two on this because you've got a lot of stuff going on in your career, but so we're recording this, it's middle of May, 2019, and you have got a lot of cool stuff going on in your business. And I just know this cause I got to see you recently at our event and be able to be able to catch up. But, um, so you, you, you told me you were launching a coaching, uh, company and you're starting to spread that out. I know you've had a lot of requests over the years to coach, but quite frankly, you've just had other businesses and stuff that you've had to focus on. Like, what's the deal with coaching? Why now? And tell me about it. Like what, what's your, what's your thought and plan on helping agents grow their businesses? Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, Gavin. Um, you know, it's, it's, <clears throat> I've been in, in the real estate franchise ownership game for the better part of the last 10 years. And it's been an amazing experience. I, I'm pretty positive that I purchased my first franchise because of ego, right? Like at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, you're crushing sales on and off. You're mostly successful at a really high level. Like to me, the only, the only, like the golden goose was, well, then you have to own the company, right? Or a company. It's like, that just seemed like the natural progression, which when I look back on it today, a decade ago, that was a younger version of Craig. And I'm pretty confident it was ego. Like I didn't really have a reason to own it. I didn't know how to own it. It's like, but darn it, I want it. And lo and behold, uh, I, I was able to, to get that opportunity and, and get it five or six more times since then. And, and what, I, what I realized during that journey, Kevin, is that maybe what started as ego or, or, or just a thirst for success or, or whatever it was, it, it turned out that, that I got to have some really incredible conversations, relationships, uh, maybe call it impact on people. Like when, when all of a sudden I'm, I've got a hundred agents or recently up to nearly a thousand agents, uh, there's a lot of group conversations. There's a tremendous amount of one-on-one -on -one conversations. And I, I, I've seen and helped agents go from 4 million to 70 million. I've seen and helped agents go from 12 million to a hundred million and, and just countless stories like that. And the production's amazing. Yet if I had one of them and I'm in my office right now, if I could call one in here and interview them in front of you, what, what I'd get out of them, what they'd share back is, yeah, their, their business is quadrupled or 10 times over. Yet every one of them I think would share, I know would share, hey, I've got better balance. I've got more times with my kids or my, I've got more time to go wine taste with my husband. I've got more time at church or I've got more time to give a break. They've just got more time. And, and that's what I'm most excited about is, is what started as, as a passion owner real estate company um, actually woke me up and gave me what, what really fills my bucket or, or inspires me or gets me out of bed, which is helping people be incredibly successful while having a quality of life. 
And so recently, well, a week ago yesterday, I think today's Thursday, a week ago yesterday, I sold three of my five franchises. Uh, the other two I'm wrapping up <clears throat> before May's over. Uh, and, and as you just said, that's basically allowing me to, to spend all of my time and all of my energy uh, where I'm most excited to spend it, which is to coach agents and teams uh, to have bigger businesses, more balance, and more consistency. Uh, so that's, that's the next evolution of Craig is that's, that's where I'm driving towards. And I've spent the last two years uh, freeing up so many obligations and commitments I've had to make that my focus. Dude, I, I love that. The reason, and the reason I wanted you to talk about that, and quite frankly, there's a lot of people with coaching companies who I, I may or may not ever interview or put in front of our, in front of our listeners. Um, but there's very few that I'd actually let talk about it or, or would even want to talk about it because there are so many people in our industry that aren't doing it or haven't done it. And the thing that I like about you is you're not trying to say, hey, let me be your guru and let me show you something that I've actually never done myself. You're, you're, you're trying to take people on a journey that you've been through and they need to, we all need to go on our own journey, but you've been there, right? And you've, you've been in the thick of it and pretty much done I don't want to say everything there is to do in residential real estate, but darn near most of it, right? And you still have a thriving business uh, as a real estate team owner and salesperson, and you're going, hey, and I can show you how to do this. And to me, that's important. There's not enough coaches in our industry who have actually done what it is they're trying to help us do. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, 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 it's cool. You're ending on this <clears throat> and thank you. You doing that is, is very kind. And it's, <clears throat> I do contribute so much of my success to the mentors I've had. And so to me, it's, it's a, it's a pay it forward mindset. Yeah. Well, I think that's how we get along, dude. I almost named this podcast friends and mentors seriously uh, be, because I consider so many of my friends to be mentors and vice versa. And, and I consider it lucky. So Last question I have for you is, so if someone wants to reach out to you, whether it be about coaching or maybe they just want to connect with you or whether that be social media or what, like what's the best way for our listeners and viewers to, to connect with Craig and, and your coaching company and uh, to do that? Yeah, we'll have a full-blown launch uh, somewhere around June 1st. Uh, for right now, the simplest way to get in touch with me is just regercoaching at gmail.com. So last name, regercoaching at gmail.com. Right on, regercoaching at gmail.com. Shoot him an email if you're interested in hearing more about what Craig's up to and what he can do to help you. And uh, highly suggest if Craig's teaching in a city near you or offering coaching, like don't just like sign up, like freaking run to it uh, because it could have a major impact on your business and help you out. So Craig, any last uh, thoughts, anything you want to share before we get running? Just back at you, Kevin. I remember I was doing a, my own type of webinar podcast a few years ago, and I was literally interviewing some of the the best in the world, or best by units closed. <clears throat> and when when I uh, you and and uh, Fred got on there, like we we blew up with the most requests we've ever had. So uh, what an honor it is to be part of Next Level Agents, and thank you for this opportunity. Thanks a lot, buddy, man. I appreciate it. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. And Next Level listeners, we will uh, we'll chat with you soon too. Have a great day. See you guys. Take care. That's it for today's show. Do me a favor if you enjoyed this. Go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening at. Leave us a review. Share this episode with your friends. And for more great content, check us out in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash next level agents. That's facebook.com forward slash groups next level agents. See you soon.